Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jury Daily program. My name is Jury, J-U-R-Y. Well, it's like technically it's Justin, so the J-U comes from the Justin, and then the R is for Robert. That's my middle name, and the Y is for Young. It's my last name. Now all you need is my social security number, and you can tox me. In a bit of a weird mood today. Not not for any other reason other than I lost my voice over the weekend. A little bit too much uh, streaming uh, for the debates and then screaming during the live show and then screaming more because the venue that we were at, but the historic Piano Fight Theater, thank you to everybody who came out, turns into a venue. So the band started playing. So next thing you know, I started yelling. And I wake up the next day and I ain't got no voice. Although as my wife Ashley told me, uh, the funny thing about me losing my voice is that I don't stop talking. <laughs> I continue to talk at about the same volume and frequency as I would otherwise. Uh, at some point, it just uh, my my voice has made a very stern warning, and I am in defiance of it. I will still prattle on and bullshit about any and everything that I do. Look, if you like this show, I'm very, very happy. It is a part of my life and it is a part of my career. I very much enjoy our relationship and the time we get to spend together. However, I will let you all know that without a doubt, it is very annoying to be married to me. <laughs> it is very, it, it is it is nonstop. It is nonstop. I just, I never stop talking. But we got a couple things to talk about here. This is this is a, a all right, I got I got two little stories here that are are kind of cultural. Number one, here's a follow up. Scariest time of my life is the headline. Another woman left alone on an empty Air Canada plane just days after news broke that a woman was left alone on an Air Canada flight. Another woman has come forward with a similar experience. Pamela Prescott, a 69 year old woman from Ontario who's visually impaired and has several other health issues, landed at Toronto's Pearson International Airport on April 6th following a three-month vacation in, the, in, in Barbados. So this was this year. Oh, my God. She needed help filling out the customs form and required a wheelchair to leave the Air Canada uh, Rogue, Rogue or Rouge? Rouge, it looks like. Aircraft. She says the uh, crew on board told her to wait in her seat and they'd come back to help. They didn't. Quote, I was scared to have all these health issues. I didn't even have a cell phone to call for help. Luckily, she was unlike the other person who actually was asleep. That was not ushered out of her seat. Uh, she wound up waking up in like the hangar. <laughs> uh, but this lady, eventually a maintenance worker noticed her. And uh, 
they they wind up taking care of it. Look, that that is what I will tell you. I'll repeat to you a thing that Ted Leo, he of Ted Leo and the pharmacist, once said on stage because they had gotten a lot of attention for covering the Kelly Clarkson song "Since You've Been Gone." It was kind of the height of Ted Leo and the pharmacist power as an indie band. If you don't know who they are, then just you know, uh, uh, fill in some band that this hipster fuck knows. Like, just say it in your head, right? Whatever. So they're very, very popular, and they do this cover of the Kelly Clarkson song, and people start calling out, oh, play since you've been gone, play since you've been gone. And he's like, do I have to give you the speech? I'll give you the speech. If you do it one time, it's a thing you did. If you do it twice, it's a thing you do. Air Canada... Leaving passengers on your planes is now a thing you do. One more little bit here. Uh, this is something that, that struck me over the weekend. Uh, uh, and it's a story I've heard talked about a little bit, but I, I feel like nobody's gotten it right. Nobody's mentioned something that I feel is the only thing that you mention if you talk about this story. Here's the headline from ESPN. New Jersey... Tops Nevada in bets in a month for the first time. Now, one of the the, 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 the great hippenings of America over the past uh, five to ten years, along with marijuana and gay marriage, has been gambling. This is, we are in a transformative age, these, these 2010s have been. And New Jersey was one of the states that people were very, very excited to legalize gambling in because a lot of it already has a gaming industry in Atlantic City. But the New York, New Jersey area is a place where there are a lot of sports fans and sports fans like to make sports bets. In May, New Jersey books took in $318.9 million in bets just ahead of Nevada's books, which accepted 317.4. Now, a lot of this has led to really dumb hot takes like, oh, Vegas is dead. Vegas isn't dead. No, Vegas is not dying to Atlantic City. There's plenty of reasons to go to Vegas, and it will always be a cooler place to go to than New Jersey facts however the dumbest part about this article is and let me clarify where i'm coming from i am i have been surrounded most most of my childhood was surrounded by degenerate gamblers degenerate gamblers Constantly talking about what the next games to bet on were, constantly going on runs, constantly going on skids. This is the life of degenerate sports betting. There was not a newspaper, not a sports section of a newspaper in my childhood that I was able to read that didn't already have red circles on the back st uh, statistics pages where they would publish all the lines. Like, this is just what I was around. So when you say that New Jersey took in the uh, uh, the most amount of bets in a year, what many people are reading are, oh, my God, betting's really blowing up in New Jersey. What I read is legally. 
<laughs> they are legally for the first time taking in that much more money, low indeed more than Las Vegas. But if there were to be some kind of invisible accountant that always made sure that they tallied each and every cent of uh, what was collected from bookies, I would take a wild guess and say that New Jersey has taken in more sports bets than Las Vegas for a very, very, very long time. Deep fakes. You ever heard about them? You ever heard about these deep fakes? Artificial intelligence, I'm telling you. It's uh, it's something that continues to become a blessing and a curse. The more we allow our computers to do the thinking for us, the more we become troubled by what they think. Here was a little tempest in a teapot that happened over the weekend. Uh, or rather, last week. On Vice, uh, on Wednesday... An article alerted the world to the creation of Deep Nude, a computer program that uses neural networks to transform an image of a clothed woman into a realistic rendering of what she might look like naked. The software attracted widespread condemnation. This is an invasion of sexual privacy, legal scholar Danielle Citrone told the outlet. Meanwhile, the software's engineer uh, explained how it worked. Quote, the software is based on picks to picks an open source algorithm developed by the University of California at Berkeley researchers in 2017. picks to picks uses a generative adversarial networks, GANs, which work by training an algorithm on a huge data set of images. In the case of Deep Nude, more than 100,000 nude photos of women the programmer said, and then it tries to improve upon itself. So you would give this program, you give this app a picture of a lady. And uh, the, the examples that I saw in, in, in the Vice article are a lot of like famous people, celebrities. And then it shows you what they would likely look like naked. Now, the world of people having photoshopped naked celebrity photos is really as old as the internet itself. It is really its own, uh, you know, it, it, is, it is a legacy element of this thing of ours known as the World Wide Web. But the anonymous creator of this app felt the pressure, the public pressure. He said uh, last week that he would be shutting down deep nudes permanently. He had a very lamenting way of saying that the dream was dead. In a statement announcing the decisions, he said that although they had watermarks on all the photos to demonstrate that they were indeed created by his app, this was a safety measure. So basically, they don't want to get into a situation where, I mean, you can only imagine you know, God, you know, bunch of, bunch of snot-nosed kids with this app, you know, uh, tech bros with this app, all of a sudden putting in Facebook photos of uh, uh, co-workers or schoolmates, maybe beach pictures. Next thing you know, you have realistic-looking naked photos. 
That's that's uh, bad news, man. That's bad news. And he, he apparently thought about it uh, as well. Uh, uh, if fifty, uh, this is the quote from the from the developer: If five hundred thousand people use it, the probability that people will misuse it is too high. <laughs> and this is the money line right here. This is the money. The world is not yet ready for deep nude. End of statement. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I need to uh, return to my home planet now. Ta-ta. <laughs> oh, man. I do wonder about the deep nude thing, though. You know, because uh, the, the way that it's been reacted to has been different than uh, Photoshop photos, which I'm sure that women and celebrities and public figures found no less distasteful. But I don't know whether or not it's one part of Me Too thing where now women feel more empowered to say, like, no, get this shit off the Internet. I don't want to be looking at fake ass pictures of my, you know, titties hanging out. That's weird. Or maybe it's the, it's just the tech, the fact that the tech is better, and now it doesn't look like, oh, well, you just put in somebody's head crudely photoshopped onto a porn star's body. Now it's like, oh, man. Like, I'll bet you if you take a picture, like, man, that does really look like me naked. <laughs> like, it's just unsettling. Let alone you have stuff like uh, uh, the, the deep fakes that Reddit wound up banning, I think Pornhub, uh, Pornhub wound up banning him too, which was realistic mapping of like celebrities' faces on top of, you know, porn stars uh, in delecto in flagrante. <laughs> no, delecto flagrante. Is that it? En delecto flagrante. All right, I got to look this up now. No, it's en flagrante delecto. The very act of wrongdoing, especially an act of sexual misconduct. I don't know if it'd be misconduct. I always thought it was just sex. I didn't know that it had to be bad sex. But anyway, you know that, that was like a big popular thing on Reddit, and then Reddit stepped in and banned it. So there is something different here. There is, there is something different at work when it comes to deep fakes. I, here's my theory. I got this theory. It's because... There's more people on the internet. Like, sure, the Photoshop stuff was was what it was, but the internet was young then. The internet was small. And the internet had higher representations of certain demographics. Which I will label horny boys. <laughs> there was just a lot more. The, 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 the horny boys demographic was higher when the internet was younger. I feel like, like not to say that they dominated. I'm just saying that if every element of culture is a tapestry of the the mix of all the different personalities and morals, then there was a little bit more of a yeah. Well, we as horny boys say these are cool, and now it's it's probably not. You know, now there's just more people there. No, oh, who will speak for the horny boys? Eee! <laughs> 
you can always go ahead and shoot us an email, jurydaily at gmail.com, jurydaily at gmail.com. Andrew writes in, it's a short email because I feel like all that these choices say it all. My celebrity hangs would be Terry Crews and Dave Chappelle, although probably not at the same time. I'll be the token white guy anytime they ask. I feel like Chappelle would be cool because Chappelle moves in circles. Both of them are probably going to take you to the gym, though. I'm just saying, if you, if you want to be those kind of friends, then you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Like whenever they're like, oh, you want to go to the gym? Like you have to be the one that's saying, yeah. Middle-aged Mike writes in, in no particular order, Seth MacFarlane, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, Kevin Smith, and Leslie Jones. See, I feel like I, I don't get all you guys that are picking people that are, like, famously anxious. Kevin Smith would be a great hang, though. I feel like Kevin Smith would be a great hang. All right, we have a, uh, uh, every once in a while, I don't know what it is, but people, I guess we definitely have uh, an overlap with the folks at the No Agenda podcast. So every once in a while, people pass me on, because we talk about some of the some of the same stuff. So uh, Ken writes, Adam Curry has an interesting take on the San Francisco vape ban. He thinks it's Jules' way of locking everyone else out. They'll get FDA approved first, so it's a win for them. I don't know if the FDA is going to approve though like vape pods i don't i don't know i don't i don't I, i'm not bullish on that now maybe they will but then again this is what adam curry and dvorak that's what they love doing man they love getting out ahead of stuff and uh, uh chris wrote in uh, if y'all remember last week we had uh, uh our our knee our reverse neon sign a time where somebody thought he was totally in and then it wound up falling apart at the last minute. I uh, criticized Chris for being overzealous. I did not think it was a reverse neon sign. I thought, if anything, he, he probably was in. He just overplayed his hand. Uh, Chris writes, uh, yeah, I was 19. Sue me. Also, she was part of a cult that was literally raided and shut down around here. So I feel a little vindicated about the hard out. Because I also questioned exactly how much of a cult uh, she was a part of or whether or not it was just like she was religious and he was like, ah, eh, fuck you and your cult. All right, let's go ahead and thank our producers, The Gen, PD Rave, non-specific rock and roll, Martian, Will, James, the OG Brito, Will, and Chris. You can email me, jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, at Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord at bit.ly slash jurydiscord. I want to thank... The folks who got us these stories open by you got us the gambling story. Another Jay Martin got us the deep nudes story. Thank you, guys. Until tomorrow, my name is Justin Robert Young. Please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. But more importantly, please don't die. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>